Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Zoobox Goes to the Movies. I'm Sean, and I'm here with my always faithful co-host, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino's latest latest uh, film, number nine, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and you, this is the first time you've ever watched this, right? You didn't see yeah. it when it came out and stuff? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go see it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've watched it about probably three and a half times yeah, at this lot. point. Yeah. That's... A, lot of, a lot of commitment. That's definitely a lot of commitment. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it. So we'll give our uh, our initial thoughts and opinions, and then maybe get into some spoilers in the back half. Absolutely. Uh, so since you just saw it, uh, what what are your kind of impressions? What did you think of it? Well, give me just one second, and I'll show you. Okay. You're gonna get a little theater. A lot of dead air. <laughs> what down tell you that? that was one of the best goddamn movies I ever fucking seen in my life. Alright. Well, oh my goodness, we have uh the star, Rick Dalton. Yeah. Yes. Yes, here live in person, ready to entertain. Can't put the headphones on and the hat at the same time, but that's the struggle, you know. Yeah, it's definitely one of them things. No, but it was good, man. I enjoyed it. You know? Would you, did you think it? Did you think it was one of the best movies you'd ever seen? Uh, yeah, no, it was. I don't wouldn't say like ever seen, but it's a good Tarantino flick. I well, enjoy it, his uh his, his movies a lot. So, well, relative to Tarantino, where do you think this one ranks for him? Like relative to his nine movies. This is middle of the pack. You think it's middle of the pack? Yeah. Probably like five, maybe. Well, what's your favorite? I don't know. For comparison, what do you think you're just off the top probably of Django. your head? Django, your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, I think Django is probably up there. Obviously, Pulp Fiction's a classic. Reservoir. Um, yeah, I don't think I, he, I, he doesn't have I a mean, true stinker. No, and no, nothing. I guess if you want to go by his probably... If I had to be honest about what's his biggest stinker, and it's not that I don't love it. Uh, I, I mean, as of late, I guess you would say um, Hateful Eight. I know a lot of people didn't necessarily. It wasn't one of the ones that were really talked was talked about, you know. So. Yeah, it's, Hateful Eight seems like it kind of gets forgotten, and I think it's because of just the nature of the movie. It's that it's like a chamber piece. You know, it's every, all one location. It's, just it's a play. There. It's a play. Yeah. 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 But. Although it is very cinematic. You know, I've no, watched absolutely. it within the past year. I revisited um, the film and it's a really, it's a really good looking movie. This is the best I can do. It's the best we got. I mean, it's I can't, I can't drink my coffee and I mean, what is it? They call me a radio cowboy. What was the name of the show he was on, Rick Dalton? Was it Outlaw? Bounty Outlaw. Law. Bounty Law. Bounty Law. Yeah. That's right. Which, which is, you know, actually, the length of the movie, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's because I've been, it's weird. Uh, you can watch 10 episodes of a TV show for some reason, and it's fine. 
but you fucking try to watch a two and a half, three hour movie. You're like, all right, man. Like, but I never, I never, I like a, a movie. If it's a good movie, length isn't too much of a problem. Yeah. Um, I never really, but I enjoy that those long scenes. So I just well, enjoy yeah. like th- there's a, a scene particularly when uh, he goes to the spawn ranch, which was like that's well, a very lo- it's actually a very long scene. Uh, yeah, it's probably yeah, it's thirty like minutes. Twenty minutes, probably altogether, yeah. from the time that he picks the girl up to the time he leaves. Yeah, uh, we'll get into the particulars of that though, because uh, I would like to talk about that scene. That's a it's one of the best scenes in the movie. The dogs, man, keeps it alive. <laughs> um, yeah, with this movie, I I. The first time I saw it, I was not super hot on it. I was like, yeah, it was okay. I thought I was like, it was fine. I enjoyed like individual moments of the movie more than I enjoyed like the whole movie. But as time has gone on and the few times watching it a few more times, you kind of acclimate to what it's doing because it is a very kind of meandering movie. It almost feels like it doesn't really have a point. The Sharon Tate stuff, you're like, well, you could take that out of the movie and it really almost wouldn't matter. Um, but then once you watch it a few more times, I kind of saw what the whole the goal of the movie was. It didn't reveal itself to me the first time I watched it. And I don't know if that was just because there's so many, like you said, like these almost like little episodes. Yeah. And you don't really understand a hundred percent how they add up, like you know, how they complement each other. Like I didn't it didn't really wasn't super apparent to me the first time. It's something that definitely has grown in appreciation, and I would put it up towards the top of the list for me. I want to say I'd probably agree with you. I think Django is probably the one I enjoy the most, um, and I think it's one of his more kind of coherent movies, Django. I mean, people argue that that one's a little too long, and I probably wouldn't totally disagree, but I just like being in that with those characters so much, you kind of just don't care. And I would say this movie has the same effect where it's like you just like these characters so much you just kind of don't care that they're not really doing anything. <laughs> um I, I get I guess that's a fair point. It's sure. like it's like almost but a plotless movie. I, I, I mean. don't I don't I get I, I don't really I don't know. When I watch a film, I can't say that I, I'm not a big nitpicky guy all, all the time. Uh I think Quentin Tarantino for he's very aesthetically pleasing. I think you could even say a lot of this stuff is world building, um, the culture of the times. Oh and, yeah, There's and so stuff. much texture here. Yeah, and it's not it's not something that needs to be part of the plot uh, necessarily. I think the world itself is uh, the main driver here. What well, I, I would say, yeah, exactly. I would agree with you. I think just the atmosphere and the tone is what drives the movie along rather than a plot, because like yeah. the plot is almost just like very thin which, which i i feel like quentin tarantino is creating a whole entire new genre of movies well he's kind of this kind of harkens back to movies from the era that this movie takes place in like they called like hangout movies yeah. and i'm not super familiar with a lot of them i've seen a few uh, i can't remember their names because i will listen to a podcast he was on after the movie came out yeah and they were kind of discussing this idea these these kind of plotless movies that are just kind of about the atmosphere and the tone and, the, and like you said, the world, I think that's, it's a really astute observation on your part. Like really just kind of picking up on, on that is what he was going for. Cause it was what he was going for. And I think it's overall pretty successful in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like the way he plays with the sense of time, uh, the sense of re- like the reality of the situation. 
and the degrees of separation in Hollywood is pretty, pretty, you know, if you know a few people, you know, a lot of people, you know, very quickly, especially in that industry um, and showing kind of the framework in the background. Uh, there's a scene with uh, Bruce Lee, which is fantastic. Um, uh, and I will say this, Brad Pitt gives an amazing performance. Uh, I actually really like Brad, not that Brad Pitt I've ever thought of being a bad actor or anything, but he's always Brad Pitt, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a movie um, star. He's a movie star. He's like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I mean, but Tom Cruise, I would say is probably a, mm, I wouldn't say that there, maybe you're right. Or it's like Keanu, you know what you're getting when you get Keanu, well, well, you know, you know you what you're getting, I guess yeah. when you get Tom, sure. You're kind um, of okay with them just being themselves to a certain degree. Like you don't require them to be, and it's fun to watch them do accents and shit, even though you kind of yeah. know it's like in Glorious Bastards, the right. other Tarantino. It's like Absolutely. his his accent is awful, <laughs> but it's so much fun in context of the movie and the character that you kind of just like go well, with it. I think that's kind of what uh, Tarantino hark, harks back to the old, just enjoy yourself, e enjoy the movie. You know, you don't need to be have A-list type guys. Uh, I mean, sure, you need a few of those to plug in to fill key roles. But you don't need to be – it's just fun. That's why I like Quentin Tarantino movies. They're fun movies. They're not trying to take themselves so seriously to the point that it's uh, you know pandering or, or whatever. And the movie is more of a journey, and it's more like a drive. You're taking a drive along with these characters. Uh, and a lot of this movie takes place a good bit – I would say probably almost 40 minutes of it in a car. It's not somebody did clock it. It's not quite that long. I think it's maybe around twenty minutes of actually. Is it really that just, it? It yeah. felt so long. Like he was in the car all the time. Well, I guess it's just traveling to to and fro. Well, because he um, wanted to get you in that mindset of like what it was, what California's like. And yeah, all the driving around people do and stuff, and Absolutely. that was something he did intentionally. All right, before we get into any specifics, I feel like we're about to get into spoiler territory here. Uh, what would you give it out of ten? Uh, I would give it a solid eight. You know, solid 7.58, and it's it's hard to give it anything less or more, you know, for me. Um, I would give it, the first time I saw it, I'd probably, I would have said like 7.5, and now after subsequent viewings, it's something, it's a movie that kind of grows on you a little bit. Um, I've really, really come to kind of fall in love with it, so I'd probably give it a 9.5. Wow. Uh, I... Maybe if I watched it a couple more times, but I think it's uh, I'm it's hard to see, go above and beyond to be like impressive. I feel like if you're gonna go above eight for me, and that maybe watching a couple more times, um, it would have to be pretty high. Like, you know, like it's it's well, it, that would be pretty amazing. What is a in your the master? The master is a ten, right? That's a ten. Yeah. That's ten out of ten. The hands down. Uh, maybe it's just because I and it's also I guess what kind of movies you truly enjoy. So I enjoy uh, – there's parts of this film that are absolutely just flawless, I think. And I love the hilarity of the situations. And uh, they're great. They're awesome. And, yeah. and there's, a, there's a real humanity to it, I think, in this movie that is – it's hard to come across. And I think that's what Quentin Tarantino does is even in the, the vulgarity and the, the gore and uh, the ridiculousness of the set pieces and everything that's going on. It's just one of those things that you can just really just watch it and enjoy it and, and take it in. And there's nothing. It's not trying to be anything more than what it is. It's not trying to be anything that to me. Um, 
So like, the reason why I'm going to give it a 7.58 is mainly because it's not necessarily what I would say is a uh, masterpiece. You know, to me, the master is one of those types of movies. Well, the master is so focused that it's a yeah. lot easier to kind of appreciate, appreciate the fact that it does. It literally does not miss a beat. Like that's a almost perfect movie. If not a perfect movie to me, I would actually put there will be blood probably in that category as well. Absolutely. But- Paul Thomas Anderson movies, but I mean, I think there will be blood has a weird tonal shift in the last two scenes, but they're good scenes. It just feels a little weird in the movie. You spent two. Yeah, but you're looking all, you're, you're also looking at the perspective of a, of a man 20 years later or so. Or, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's a fair you point. Know, like, you I know think, what I mean? Actually, those would be, uh, we should do a whole suite. We should do all Paul just, Thomas just, Anderson. Oh, movies yeah. one I'm month. down. I'm down. I fucking uh, love PTA. Cause I'm down to, uh, actually I would like to revisit, some of the older movies and then watch them kind of in close proximity to each other. With I just watched Magnolia. Movies. So, Oh, there you go. Yeah. I just watched that, which is, a, that's a fucking long movie. That's I like a, Magnolia. Yeah. Though. I like it too, but it is, it's a giant operatic soap opera. Like it's yeah. a big movie soap opera. It's, it's great. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I say, let's get into the, some of the spoiler stuff, you know, just so people are aware. This is what we usually do. We give yeah, a rating. Yeah, we're in um, spoiler territory now, everybody. Yeah. So if you have not watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and would like to remain unspoiled, this is where you should stop. Stop. Go away. Yeah. Okay, shit's about to get wild. I'll give uh, you the, the Harry and the Hendersons ending. Go away. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Nobody loves you anymore. <laughs> go. I, I, I watched this, and I have to say, I think the thing that Quentin Tarantino is creating almost a new genre, which I don't know if it's necessarily a new genre, but when he takes these historical narratives and flips them on their head, I really, I, I love that. Like I do one key element of it. <laughs> Generally, well, the, whatever atrocity. He just well, sure. Atrocity, you know, yeah. inglorious bastards. I mean, he goes in there and he fucking kills Hitler, which is you're getting the, the thing that you always, you know, from a historical context, everyone wished they could have, known that hitler was taken out by a bunch of americans in a fucking theater like that would be awesome yeah, right cause, especially because you go into that scene expecting like tragedy for the heroes yeah and he's like no nah, fuck it it's a movie yeah i can do and whatever i want <laughs> and that's the that's the fourth wall right you know that he breaks yeah. down and yeah, that's it's like a meta thing for sure i don't know if i've ever really seen that in film at least big budget where they actually do Everything around that film, which I don't know if I, – I'm sure Dalton was a real person. No. The, no, he wasn't. Okay. So I didn't know if he was a real person They're based – like all of the characters are kind of uh, the principal cast except for Sharon Tate and those people. Those were obviously all real people. Uh, right. Uh, but, but, the, but they were uh, – they're based on their approximations of people from the era. Like, right. You know, yeah, stuntmen and like, all the old washed up Western guys, you know, well, like, guys I, that just didn't know where to fit in in like a transitionary period because they were like, right. he did bounty law and then, but it was in the 60s. So to be a movie star in the 60s to make that transition to the new era and be in newer things was difficult for guys like that because he's such a traditional leading man type that that's in the 60s. People weren't looking for traditional leading men anymore. All right. Uh, yeah, that that makes sense. But if we're if we're gonna sit here, but when they when they do this this amazing scene at the end, which is the bow, you know, the bow on top or the cherry on top, as far as really just finishing this film in in a great way, 
I mean, you get the payoff of seeing the people that commit this atrocity. If you know of the Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski uh, uh, event that happened, you know, it's Charles Manson, and we all know the history. I also like how they don't show Charles Manson in this movie. There's no payoff there, which I really appreciate. Well, they show him for like uh, 10 seconds. When he comes up to the house, right? That was Charles Manson. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't really, you know, you don't get to see the the craziness. Um, but that whole that whole last 30 minutes really is great because I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, okay, I I wasn't sure. I didn't read anything about the movie, so I wasn't sure how it was going to end. So it was a very pleasant surprise. And uh, Brad Pitt on acid, kicking ass. Can't really beat that. Yeah, it was like kind of like a, re- a reminder that like, oh, no, you're watching like a full-fledged Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, and but dude, the... <laughs> The he was like fucking John Wick. He was just oh he wasn't even them. Oh, it God. wasn't even John Wick. It was like so much more brutal and simple. Oh, I know. He literally just but... like uh, when he turns around and throws the can of dog food at yes. the chick's face, yeah. and then you're like, holy fuck! And then yeah. he starts beating the girl's head against the telephone, and then the desk, oh my and gosh. just like yeah. holy fuck! And then and no, the dog was awesome too because he sits yeah. the dog on the guy. Yeah, and, it was a great payoff the, to the to the yeah. dog being there at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Now the dog, whole thing w- made sense, and uh, I don't know, man. Like just that whole scene really got me hyped and excited, and I did catch myself quite a few times in this movie actually laughing. I, yeah, I, I, it's quite a, com- a few times. It's a comedy. Like it's a comedy. It, this is this is a uh, the nice guys kind of got that vibe, obviously because the era and the location. I'm just saying as far as the 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 buddy cop. Uh, feel their buddies they hang out all the time they're, they're kind of doing their thing together and getting drunk and having a great time but just their their simple relationship uh oh i could watch is, i could have watched the movie just about rick dalton and uh yeah brad pitt's character i can't remember his name uh, uh cliff cliff booth cliff booth yeah. what are you, john john wilkes what yeah that's hilarious when they I go to watch i could watch that i could watch a show about them and that's the thing. You watch Leonardo, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio, and and Brad Pitt. They have great charisma on screen. They really yeah, interact yeah, well. Yeah, their chemistry is incredible. Yeah, they really. I mean, this the way they the the lines bounce off back and forth. It's great. Well, well uh, and the fact that they're like two big movie star kind of guys because Leo DiCaprio is kind of the same way as like Brad Pitt or your Tom Cruise's. They're movie stars. Like you go see them. Because you want to see Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie, you don't go see somebody to get lost in a character or totally submerge. Even when they might do that, they think they're doing well, that. Well, I, I would say The Wolf of Wall Street was probably his best performance for me. Ooh, I um, see this one. I think it might edge it out a little bit. Like I think he kind of got robbed. Well, no, I, I would. Uh, you could say that maybe, but I, yeah, I mean, there's that scene when he. Uh, he fucking messes up his line and he goes back into his trailer and he's just like, he's like, he's just screaming. He's like, you're going to, you're going to make a promise to yourself to stop fucking drinking. And then he goes over <laughs> to the side and he grabs it and he goes, wow, he spits it out and throws. It's really one of those uh, types of things where you're it's just like, like, you know what though, gonna, but you're either going to get it right. Or I'm going to blow your fucking brains. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, but who hasn't really said some stupid shit? Like oh that yeah. Dude. You know, no, it's a very like, uh, honest moment there honest like <laughs> honest moment about being a fuck up and catching yourself when you're being self-destructive and you know you know yeah yeah I, I i think it's one of those things where leo is is always solid so i mean you can never really but i i always found him in either 
Django or uh, The Wolf of Wall Street for me. Just I oh, love yeah. his performance in that. He's, he's a hidden. He's like a hidden. He's like a amazing comedic actor. He has like yeah. awesome timing because all the Tarantino stuff he's done, um, or Which the two, two, the two, two Tarantino right? movies, yeah. and then Wolf of Wall Street, uh, like those are comedic performances in a way. He's grounds them. He's a good actor, so he can ground yeah. it in a reality. So Absolutely. it's not like Jim Carrey in a movie. But, yeah, being um, Looney Tunes or whatever. Yeah, he's he grounds the characters, but they are fucking hilarious. When when uh when when he's when the Manson family is up in the cul-de-sac at the end of the movie, and he comes out in his bathrobe, and, <laughs> and he's got a margarita. picture of like yeah, the picture of margarita. margarita. Yeah, dude, I was dying. Dude, I was that fucking is so dying. great. And and that's kind of the uh, the charm of this movie is I think it is very episodic in, in a sense. Uh, which I wonder if that was intentional, by the because of the the way the westerns, old western shows, and that e- episodic sense. But uh, no, the, the, this whole movie goes from beginning to end. Uh, you get a really good sense for the characters. I think the the reason why you need Sharon Tate in this movie and Roman Polanski and that that whole setup and their lavish lifestyle or whatever. Um, you're seeing the rise, rising stars and you're seeing a falling star and then, uh, which makes a good comparison, but the payoff would be nothing without that ending wouldn't even work without having them in that movie. No. Well, I mean, and having a, them as much, I was surprised apparently cause a lot of younger people are not super familiar with that story. So it didn't play the same way it did for, if you knew, obviously if you know the history, you know what happens. I would be supposed kinda, to, I'm, it's kind of shocking that a lot of people don't know about dude, Charles Manson. Pe- people like under 25 like don't really know well, about that. Well, stuff. I'm just saying because of Mindhunter uh, as of, uh, recently, and you would think with all the true crime stuff, and you know, you, you just would think, think so. that it would be a very hey, big I, case. I was surprised. I was just as surprised. I was like, wow. It's, I guess it's really just not a thing that people remember. It's not in there. It's not part of the cultural zeitgeist like it was even 20 years ago. Or like when we were little kids, we knew about Charlie Manson. Like he was oh, still on TV. Because, it was probably because of our parents as well. Our parents were. Well, he was all, just on, around he, during that time. He was on so. TV. He was referenced a lot in pop culture. Like yeah, there are always pictures and magazines at the supermarket with his face on it. Yeah. You know, shit like that. And that's not obviously not as time goes on that stuff stop, stops happening. But um, I like I I thought. The Sharon Tate stuff. Well, I, I agree with you. I, and I, but I didn't come to really appreciate it until maybe the second time I watched it because it was really it's just about taking the mythology away from the Mansons. Yeah, taking this idea that they're kind of mythologized at this time in Hollywood and giving it back to Sharon Tate. Because Sharon Tate became known as the girl who got killed by Charlie Manson. Or not, by gets Charlie, not by Charlie Manson, by his, his, his cohorts. cohorts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that was at the same time. Wow. You know we said that at the same time? Did you catch that? I did. Wow. Wow. Great great minds. Locked in. <laughs> Locked in. Um, I think it kind of brings that. I think that's actually a really good uh, perspective. I didn't really think of that, that it actually humanizes her, bring her back to she had friends, she had a, yeah, a life, and gives her, uh, like, she was gives pregnant. Her, it gets her life back to her. She's not just like a victim of this tragedy that happened in the sixties. And she yeah. was, you know, and she was a uh, Roman Polanski's wife. Yeah, no, I, and I think it really shows the, the nature of life and how, I guess maybe even it's a, just these random events 
you know, because it's the butterfly effect. I go, I guess, you know, I guess in the movie, the the psychos, uh, the Manson family ends up showing up to the wrong house. In our perceived reality, it would be the wrong house uh, in the film. But that changes. I'm guessing that changes Dalton's life. He ends up being able to become an A-list actor. It kind of shows that yeah, he's he, being invited back into main Hollywood or whatever, he, into the he, mainstream. He realizes that there's these kind of slightly younger people that actually grew up with him. And they kind of yeah. like, in the same way that Tarantino did for John Travolta back yep. in Pulp Fiction days, kind of like these kind of faded stars that were really, really popular, you know, 15 years before. And uh, everybody likes them and everybody knows them, but nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think it's, I mean, you're even seeing in recent things, uh, someone like Macaulay Culkin would probably be a good example. Today, you don't really know what he's going to be doing or who he is. You know what I mean? Because he was a massive star. So When he was a kid, yeah. He, as an but adult, he's saying. been pretty low-key. He's only done I, a couple that's, movies for his that's friends. Probably that's probably by choice, I think. It is. Uh, a well, lot now, of it. Now he's, he's, coming coming to, he's coming back with American Horror Story, right? Yeah, that's what they're saying, which I never fucking watched. Really, I tried a season, I think, and I'm like, I watched, ah. Yeah, I watched like the first two seasons, and I was like, I'm out. Listen, but, I got uh, two seasons of Dexter left. I got, yeah, I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of work to do. Okay? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of catching up. Especially, it must be tough balancing Dexter in school. Ah, dude, let me tell you, all this time you I, wasted when you were doing nothing. I know. Well, no, trust me, dude. I put some serious hours into the Witcher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking some serious hours. Uh, it's, but this film, I, I can't say enough that it's definitely a long film. This is a movie I like watching movies early in the morning. That's my favorite time to watch. I hate watching movies at night. I'm not a fan of it um, at all. You know, I like to get down on the couch, have a cup of coffee, and just that's my favorite way to enjoy a movie. Right at you know around like six, seven in the morning. It's quiet. It's nice. So that's what I did this morning. Um, and it, it just, it's one of those movies you really just got to sit down and watch. You got to just enjoy it. And don't, I think this is a hard thing for modern young people today, you know, uh, or probably for a long time, but they want that quick, you know, let's get this thing through. And no, uh, it, it, it's a movie that in, like really requires your attention. Yeah. Because if you're not paying attention, you'll be like, what the fuck is going on? Because not a lot happens. Like that's the thing. Like it's a kind of a plotless movie for a lot of it. So if you're not paying attention, not just vibing with the characters, you'll be like, "What the fuck? What's going on?" And I think that's a good way to, to describe it as a hangout movie. Definitely yeah, yeah. out. Definitely a hangout movie. But I do think, I really do think that Quentin Tarantino is creating kind of this new genre of of, of these historical narratives. That I know that's probably been done in movies before. I've I don't never. Know. I honestly I can't think of a time or a movie where they have, at least on this scale, this uh, big, big of a movie. Well, because the whole that. movie almost rests on those things when they happen. Like, yeah. it's the linchpin of the movie. It's such because if that didn't work and people weren't didn't jive with it, the whole movie was would fall yeah. apart. And, and, if it, and he pulled it off. The... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, good, 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 good. I was going to say, I, I was surprised. Like, that's what made it so surprising. I was like, is he going to. So you gonna do it again? I didn't think you'd do it again. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little, because <laughs> I was waiting for the scene and they go up to the house. Like that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, um, I when I just watched it. So it's the, kind of the same way in *Inglorious Bastards*. You're waiting for tragedy. You're waiting yeah. for something tragic to happen to these characters, and then he just turns it around. I mean, dude, when Leo takes that fucking flamethrower out, holy shit! Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought I was going to piss my pants. Dude, I was, I was like, like, no way. Uh, and I was just sitting there, I guess, being somewhat prior law enforcement. I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if he would get away with that. But then again, she had a gun in her hand. The whole, and the whole how fucking... The, uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, no, I was gonna, just the whole flamethrower setup, everything was so good. Like the first time you see yeah. him doing the movie. And he's like, hey, can you turn down the heat? He's yeah. Like, it's a flamethrower. Yeah. So many great, like, little moments just all over the movie. And they all come together at the end. Like, yeah. that. it's it's so, it's it's really, really, really does. I, I highly suggest watching it again at some time in the near future. It's It really does almost, like, it enriches itself. And you notice all those little details yep. that maybe the you wouldn't see. The dog food, the fucking, just everything. The dog, oh my God. obedience, and it's just, everything comes together. Uh, and there's the two, two more scenes in particular that I want to talk about, uh, which is, you mentioned uh, in the non-spoiler section, the Bruce Lee scene. The whole setup to the oh, Bruce Lee yeah. scene with uh, fucking, what's his name, Kurt Russell, my man, Kurt Russell, one of my oh, favorite, yeah. all-time favorite actors. He was oh, so and the and, and the stunt woman, uh, the Zoe Australian Bell. Zoe, Zoe Bell. Yeah, I like her. You know, she's got always good character. Yeah, and she did. Had, she was great, and she was fucking hysterical. And they, <laughs> they, nobody likes Cliff because she doesn't like Cliff because she thinks he's a murderer. And I like how they never go into more detail than like they're sitting on a boat. She's just kind of being a bitch to him, and he just <laughs> he's looks got up the at spear her. Gun. He's got the spear gun in his lap, and he's also got like the fucking the the uni goggle, like yeah. just the big fucking old sky. Uh, uh, scuba diving goggle and yeah. the, like any when he opened the beer to spray it on his face and he doesn't even just do anything about it he's just sitting there staring <laughs> like this dumb bit um but which the whole, I, the, I feel like i anyone could have that argument with their wife like if course. they really had a yeah. bad relationship and you just you do have a spear gun and like you're in the middle yeah. of the fucking ocean well the only reason we feel it's ominous is because we're 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 predisposed to feel that because yeah. they tell us that like oh he might have killed his wife <laughs> But it's funny because I, I I just love that whole little scene. That's a good scene, absolutely. Yeah. But oh, what, what, what about the Bruce Lee scene? What did, did you think that the Bruce Lee scene was disrespectful to Bruce Lee? Disrespectful. People had a pro- like Bruce Lee's uh, family. The estate of Bruce Lee had a problem. I mean, if I, they can't see that this is a film that's not necessarily set in reality. Well, that's what's yeah. That's my whole thing. It's like he, every, he's a character is character characterization, right? Like he's yeah. A it was like caricature. W- yes he was exactly exactly but everybody's kind of a caricature like everybody's a little larger than life yeah um, even sharon tate is like not like a real person she's an idealized version of sharon tate right you know she's so, the, but people had a problem version. with that scene yes like well asian, the asian community and then bruce lee's family and uh because they thought i guess it was disrespectful to show that somebody might have been able to beat up bruce lee and that he was an arrogant prick I was like, have you ever listened to Bruce Lee talk? I mean, I don't he's know. Kind of, no. he's, I don't think he was a douchebag. But, dude, I've listened. I, back when I was a kid, I don't know. I was really into Bruce Lee for a while. So I watched all like these interviews and all mm-hmm. this stuff. He is a little like a windbag. A little bit. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I never got that vibe Not, from him. But, I would just say, dude, you're, but he, that would be early in his career, a younger man. Yeah, but he, but, you would, know, he would have said something like, yeah, I could beat Cassius Clay. He would say that, but he probably could have. I don't know, man. Dude, that's I don't. American I, Steel, baby, that's American. Yeah, Steel. that's American Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Rocky, huh? Um, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it as that. I, I, I don't know. But, I, it's, I get, dude, but it's so uh, hilarious. It's so hilarious. It's the best. Dude, when he, when he fucking, best. he's like, try it again. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he does it too, and he's like. 
Like he, Brad Pitt. Then he just throws him into a fucking car. And it's obviously ridiculously, you know, dented. And you're like, what the fuck? How hard did he just get thrown into that car? Yeah, I know. Especially Carl Well, I, I think it's also, be, it's also because Bruce Lee was such a hardened man. He was so muscular. You know, he was hard as rock. Only Cliff Booth could take him down. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. It's a meta moment in the movie where it's telling you in Hollywood terms that Bruce Lee was the baddest, bat, most motherfucker on the planet. And we have to set up Cliff Booth as being actually the baddest motherfucker right. on the planet. That's who Cliff Booth is going to spar with. I mean, they never finish the fight. It just shows you that Cliff Booth is nobody to do fuck around with. He yeah. can actually hold his own against Bruce Lee. That's it. And that's just it's just there for function. And it's, it's to me, it was a very funny scene. Yeah, I, I don't know why anyone would have a problem with that, honestly. So, I, I think I think that's just. I mean, I could see the family maybe being a little, you know. But then again, if it's it's fucking a movie, so get over it. Yeah, like I, it's a movie. It's 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 if the, if you watch to the end of the movie, and you will see that this movie is not supposed to be a basis in in reality. This movie is is not a historical narrative. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Um, so what was the other scene that you said? Oh, we talked. You talked. You mentioned it before. The Spawn Ranch sequence. Everything yeah. Spawn Ranch. I thought that it made a great argument that uh, Quentin Tarantino could actually probably make be really good at make an a uh, horror movie. A horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. A thrill, or a really cool thriller. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, and the fact that he is able to subvert you and then make it comedy again. Yeah. Right at the end is amazing. Like, I love I love the old guy. Yeah, he's like he's like he's like who saw that little redhead back there? He's like, I'm fucking blind. I can't tell a fucking color. <laughs> the guy just goes off. But it's it's uh, well, because you're definitely getting the vibe that, oh man, maybe they killed him. You know, that's what you're supposed to think. You're like, oh, yeah, of course, they fucking or that him. they're holding him hostage or something. something or yeah. you know, I was expecting that as well. And the the tension building was really good. And um, then when that fucking dude, probably my favorite part of that whole scene is probably when the dude puts the thing in his tire and he just beats the fuck out of him. Yeah. Makes him change his tire. <laughs> it's just, he just grabs him by his hair. Oof. And don't tell me as a man, woman, I don't know, but if you've ever wanted to grab a fistful of someone's hair and hold their head as you just as hard as you can, who has never, no, ever like don't tell do me that? that would. Yeah. I've always wanted to just grab someone by their fucking hair, like long hair, like, boom. And like that meat punch, that's that fucking, just break their face something i've always wanted to do only in the right circumstances of course well maybe someday you'll get your chance to move into a bad neighborhood become like a death wish style vigilante <laughs> yeah or maybe like dexter oh uh, yeah the old guy was uh bruce dern and uh he, they actually had originally cast and he did the the table read was burt reynolds but he died oh really yeah yeah he was gonna play that part um oh. Well, you know, Bert was Bert. Yeah, but that whole sequence, just the way from the beginning to end, it just plays so well. Like the whole thing, even with uh, Bruce, or not Bruce, uh, Brad Pitt in the car with uh, the young girl. Mm -hmm. It also kind of adds like this layer of uh, that he's kind of maybe getting a little in over his head. Like she's yeah. kind of, like, it adds this element of weird danger, recklessness that you see on the part of these flower children. She's yeah, and how bold he is, too. Just to be like, oh, I'm going to go in the house. Like, fucking stop me or whatever. And you're like, dude, these motherfuckers have guns. They could be crazy. I don't know. You know, it's definitely one of those. It was a good scene, though. No, I agree with that. 
absolutely. I thought I was a little shocked that there was controversy, controversy, controversy. Thank you. Uh, at all with this film, but I remember when I when it first came out, there was a big just talking about how the women didn't have any speaking role as much. Oh or yeah. whatever. This fucking dipshit. Uh, because everything has to be measured in like lines. That means oh, you yeah. have a good part. She's the heart and soul of the movie. Oh, you're talking who, Margot Robbie. That's who they they were they were talking about. Yeah, specifically, like why doesn't Sharon Tate have more lines? It's just like, what? Like that doesn't make a performance or a movie or anything. No, I, I she was great. They did the same thing did. Uh, about Anna Paquin when uh, for the Irishman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, said the same weird, thing. That's a weird thing to like argue about. It's the amount of lines because the uh, as an actor or actress, it's it's a performance. Yeah, it's a full bodied experience. You're you know what happens? Screen. Like what the fuck? Like, I don't know. That was definitely something that I, I I didn't understand why people are bringing that up. because nah, it's but. it's this whole it's a it's part of the feminist film critique. It's kind of a part of a what's it called the Bechdel test. Some woman named something Bechdel came sure. up with a test about um. If you ever have a two women in a movie, do they get to exclusively talk to each other? And if they do, are they going to talk about the men in the movie? And to pass the Bechdel test, you have to have like two minutes of a conversation between two women that don't mention any of the male characters and just talk. It's a stupid, arbitrary thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, people like take it or took it seriously. I don't hear it very much anymore i heard it a few years ago like five or six years ago it kind of mm. came back around uh hadn't really heard it since then and then this feels like a holdover of that that kind of that kind of perspective about that you're scoring a movie like you would i don't know like based on lines it's like watching boxers and you score them based on how many punches they get like counting things it's weird. yeah i don't know uh that that whole whatever dude people are get what go broke that's what i say that's what's made quentin tarantino so successful is that it's not about it's about his his vision and he does his vision and it's not about pandering to one side or the other you know, and keeping the reality of a situation there. And I think that's why Martin, someone like Martin Scorsese or probably a lot of the bigger filmmakers, it's their vision. They're going in. They're not necessarily looking at some uh, ulterior motive to get well, something across. Yeah, they don't make movies by committee or by checkboxes. They're not right. like, trying to check off. There's like, like you said, they're trying to execute. Oh, we, we got some... the LGBTQIA plus uh, scene in here. We're good. We got this. We got this. Yeah, they're not they're not Marvel movies. Like, they're yeah. not. <laughs> Marvel garbage, you know. But there's there's enough to sit there and say, well, as a viewer, as a white male viewer, uh, it's nice to see some dudes fucking ripping. No, I'm that kid. No, but there's there's definitely you know, hey, dude, equal representation is uh, not necessary, you know. Um, well, because it, it's all it, relative to the story you're telling, and what it would right. be weird if they made Charlie's Angels and they cast. Uh, a dude all dudes. the roles or just one or dude. all dudes even just one dude if one dude took a place of one of the of the angels that would be weird and it would be stupid yeah it would be well from the per uh the respect to the original show and and movies well, just because it's just you know that's it's a conversation about why do we gender swap why do we do all this yeah. shit? like just write roles for more roles for people or just write, write new characters right. come up with new yeah. things absolutely like, james bond doesn't need to become a woman someday 
Because why? Make a different character. Make well, there's nothing that character. says that. I mean, is James Bond? I mean, some a woman could take over the 007. Doesn't have yes. to be J, to be James Bond, but she, so I, I mean, whatever. If they well, you, have a cool, yeah, interesting just, way to do that, then fine. Yeah, well, that's, I don't care. I think they're playing. They're they're they're. That's what there was. It no time to die. Is that the new one? They're playing around with that. Like somebody, James Bond retired. He's coming out of retirement, but somebody else who's a woman has the double O. Um, and whatever. So. Like to me, it just goes. Listen, as long as you're not replacing the, it would be going in and replacing any main figure in a movie. We shouldn't be doing for the sake of diversity or anything. I think it's about what suits the the next progression in the story or what what actually makes sense. Forcing your the hand of uh viewers you know just to like hey you will accept this or this type of thought i just if i go see a james bond movie i want to see a fucking james bond movie but then you can't call it james bond anymore if you put a woman in there you cannot call you know there is no well, james bond right i mean i know there's no movie called james bond colon I, this. yeah i know i know but i'm just saying there is no you could do a side a side movie like a in the world of james bond and the from the world of um Ian Fleming and do. I mean, uh, I'm not trying to fucking have another Fast and Furious situation on my hands. Okay. What's the Fast and Furious situation? Like it's, you got like Hobbs and Shaw, and then you have. Like, <laughs> Things chaos. Things getting out of control. I mean, they're already they're already on the next one. I guess I don't fuck. I'm so done with those. I, oh yeah, I checked out of those a long time ago. Checked out after five probably. But there, uh, there's there's enough going on in Hollywood right now where I think you know you have some really interesting people still making movies. Uh, they're not pandering. They're not. They're just making movies they want to make, and well, I the, think that's great. The thing that actually was good that Tarantino responded in, in what I would think is the, posit- the the right way to do it. He was just like, I just reject what you're saying. He's like, if you're going to start measuring art this way, nobody's ever going to be happy. Like you're just complaining to complain. <laughs> like this is stu- to suggest that a performance hinges on the amount of dialogue you have is disrespectful to the character and is disrespectful to the actress playing the role. Yeah. Like, you know, to suggest that, like, you know, with this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that Margot Robbie's performance doesn't leave an impact on the viewer and isn't, she is the third lead of the movie. Yeah. Just because she doesn't talk as much doesn't fucking matter. She is the third lead of the movie. She has just as big a presence as the other two guys, as, as Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. So it doesn't, it just doesn't matter and i'm glad that he responded he has always been good about that like he has never when people try to call him out for violence and encouraging children to kill each other or whatever yeah, he just, yeah. he's just like it's a movie there's a famous interview i know he did. Yeah. it's a movie jan movies yeah. are supposed to be fun <laughs> yeah because that was about kill bill i'm pretty sure yes i believe it and, was. and then there was uh the one with I, I I can't remember, but this guy's pissed so many people off. The famous interview with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and he I know randomly bring about. he randomly it's, it, he's he's definitely uh, I think uh, probably some sort your, of shutting your butt down. Uh, some sort of Indian descent or something. I can't. I mean, he's English. I think he's uh, a BBC journalist. Yeah. yeah, BBC. Yeah, that guy. And he's and it's always him for some reason. It's like, do you have do you get the kick out of being that guy? But. Uh, when you see Robert Downey Jr.'s face, just fucking go, what are, what are you doing? What do you do? What is this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here for a fucking movie, dude. What is this? Uh, and yeah. the same thing with uh, Tarantino. And I think that's, Tarantino's always had a pretty, I, I would say, good track record as far as standing up for his movies or probably other people's movies too. 
Uh, yeah, no, because he just looks at it as an art form, and he looks at it's cinema. It's like you don't like committees and critics and stuff don't get to dictate the terms by which artists can express themselves. Right. I fucking hate that. It's we've talked about this before, and it comes up all the time because it's so prevalent. It is a pox on art in general. Just in general, it's once you start having like people don't review your movie anymore, they review what they would think your movie should have been. Yeah. Or if they don't review your music anymore, they w- review what they think you're allowed to do in music. Like, it's fucking weird. It's stupid. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a weird, uh, some, sort of, some sort of confirmation bias, you know, I think is really what it comes down to is they're looking for things that they, all, before you go into a movie and they are w- going to watch it, they're already looking for these things. If yeah. you're going to be using that Blechter, whatever her fucking uh, fucking scale. Oh, Bechdel test. Yeah. yeah, the Bechdel test. And you just be, you're already going into it with the wrong mindset and not going into actually enjoy a movie. I, I, a movie that I actually I enjoyed, uh, predominantly African-American cast, was Moonlight. I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was really good. Moonlight's um, an ex- excellent movie. It's like but if, super it, well made, well performed, great performances. Yeah, everything's great, yeah. And it, it really brings to the light of uh, homosexuality in black culture, and I thought that was really interesting. Well, uh, and, but not only that, but like just not to be like we can just because we're two straight white guys doesn't mean we can't fucking watch that movie and just and appreciate a, it because it's just a well-made movie. Or or have empathy for the main character. Or, well, but the or, movie is so well-made and so well-told and like and executed. And it's not it, it's not about him being gay necessarily. Well, it's not well it is a it is a little bit about No, him. I mean no, no, but it's not necessarily <laughs> the point where that is the only driving force behind the no, the, it, the what's what's the uh, the truth of the movie. Well, it's inviting you, you know. to have an experience rather than preaching at you. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's trying to get you to empathize with a character rather than tell you that you should feel bad or that right. you're evil or right. whatever. It is. It's not. It doesn't do that, and it's all the credit to it because it made it accessible and it made it uh, real and enjoyable for everybody. Absolutely. You know what I, I mean? It, it's I not agree. some fucking bullshit where they like literally, I cannot stand this dude. Like people just, it's like almost like they stop movies and the characters look at the camera and say the, yes. speak the subtext of a movie. Yes. It fucking drives me insane. Absolutely. I the agree. only person that's allowed to do that is Nicolas Cage. Okay. Nicholas, sure. Just because I think it would be funny if he did that. Um, I, I do think it is a problem. I do think it is, it is unfortunate that. You know, but then again, I think it's always been that way, and I think you, you're always I, uh, in any art form. You have the, the panders, and you they have the extremists. Not where, in the, you know. not in the like the, the the entrenched film critic, because this is the kind of thing that I enjoy. Because I enjoy this stuff. I'm a big movie nerd. Like it has never been this skewed in in such a broad spectrum. I don't. I mean, maybe not a broad spectrum, but I think it's always been there, and it's always got. They, they're always been leaning more towards. Uh, equity and equality, and saying that you know whether or not it was in your face as it is today, as someone looking directly well, into a screen. But well, because yeah. that's that stuff was more of a intellectual pursuit. It was like in universities and rich white people talked about it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now and it's, it's kind of now it's same bleeding, thing. bleeding out <laughs> into now. But now we have a generation of people that are, I don't know what the deal is. They f- feel entitled or. I, I just, and I don't think just, it's entitlement. I think it's some it's some sort of lack of uh, 
understanding of the real world around us. And if anybody goes into a movie, I, I like for example, I remember when Black Panther came out, and I went and saw it. You know, it was good. It was an entertaining movie to watch with a, with a bunch of uh, people. It was sure. Um, and I was glad that I guess I could. I guess in a way, I could sit there. It wasn't about him being black. You know, the movie itself wasn't necessarily, well, I mean, there was some definitely racial or cultural or class stuff going on in those movies, but I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I just didn't sit there and hate the movie because they were black. There no. was things I just had wrong. I didn't think were done well, you know, no, but that's, that's, that's why, all those movies. And that's why like, uh, you know, we've also briefly talked about this before, like these were kind of reactionary uh, YouTube people that just shit on everything constantly now. Now it's just a thing because they oh, just yeah. get clicks and they just find things, to, whether it's Star Wars or it's Black Panther, Marvel in general, just like constantly like just kind of taking shit too far sometimes. Like the Black Panther thing. I mean, I think that the promotion of the, especially the Marvel movies in particular, generally the promotion cycle is the problem. It's not the actual movie. Because not barely anything that they'll talk about on the promotional cycle is actually in the fucking movie. So whether mm-hmm. it's Captain Marvel or it's Black Panther, it's really just like how they're promoting the movie that makes people feel defensive or whatever. I, I never got defensive about Black Panther. I just don't care. Oh yeah, no, I don't, you know, I, personally, I, I don't get defensive about it. But, but there's it's, a lot of people out there that, for whatever reason, they're just like, if somebody tells you that, like, hey man, maybe. Uh, Maybe if Black Panther is doing really well, if you're white, maybe don't go so black people don't feel uncomfortable with a white person. Yeah, in the whatever. Theater. I mean, that's then just you go weird, because because that's you're just a weird. Troll. That's a weird. Yeah, that's just a weird thing to say in in popular in media. Like just a weird thing. No, I mean, and that's like, problem. Do you but not want what? this movie to be successful? You know, and black just, people are a minority. You know, it, it goes. It's like Birds of Prey. When I think fifty uh, percent of the people or sixty percent of the people that went to see the movie was men. Yeah, fifty four percent, and 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 they're blaming men, men. for yeah. failing. You're like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, and but like whether or not those people on YouTube, whatever. I mean, they're they should be able to go out. I I think they should be out there shitting on stuff, well, and not, going out and and well, fight, I, being the cultural opposite to what it is going on. Oh, I, I think there's a smart ways to do it, and then there's just the bottom barrel clickbaity, yeah, tabloid. No, but dude, listen, that, are you trying to make fucking money? It's like it's it's like it's like if you no, well, you did but you just did a clickbaity thing with the Bernie Sanders reading thing like that 100, was clickbaity one hundred percent right but I but I didn't but it was no I wouldn't say it's it's cynical it's cynical it's a way to try to get attention to a channel but right. I also did not really embellish like I did a take where I went really over the top yeah I did a take where I did a creepy uh, <laughs> like a creeper voice and yeah. then I did a take where I was like just I just kind of read it. No, I, and I get and, that, but and it's I saying like, like if, so it, if, if you could watch that, and you'll have no idea what I think about Bernie Sanders. No, I, I know, but I mean, you kind of are, kind of do. I mean, you can sit there and go, well, make, obviously this dude infer- read it. You can make an inference either way. I could say I can make the argument because when I actually read it, I'm like, uh, this is not as bad as people think it is, and there is a context for what he's saying. I think it's weird that he. I don't know what we're talking about. Well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, well, all I'm saying but anyways, is, like, I could, do, I could argue either do, way. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You did it for a reason because it's cultural. It's I'm something not, that yeah, is, is not, relevant. I'm not so, blowing up things that are like really insignificant and making them like much no, bigger or important. You than they don't. Are. 
but that's part of the culture. It's the, it's the backlash so to this, have, and that's that's what that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm not um, disagreeing that people can't do it. No, I'm, I'm not saying can't. I'm saying who cares? Oh, I'm not saying because it's just part of the conversation we're having. No, I know, but like those they're people part are, of that. They're, they're part making of that, money. That, it's part of making money, dude. That's fucking whatever. Like, keep going, dude. Make that money. That's the way I look at it. Life I, is short. Well, I think that they do a disservice to fucking movies in general or just art in general. And that's why you have the other side of the coin because people are fucking child, ch- childish, they're like children, grown yeah. ass men surrounded by their Funko Pops, fucking talking about uh, feminism is destroying America through it this force. It is. Well, America rejected it because they didn't do very well. They did actually no, they did. They all the Star Wars movies made over a billion dollars, so I think they did okay. But uh, well, not the last one, did it? Yeah, it did. I don't think it did. No, yeah. I don't think so. Check the numbers, dog. No, dude, because they only made. It didn't do well. It didn't well, do as well as they were hoping. World, worldwide, yeah. The one that made the most was uh, Force Awakens, and that's because it was the first new Star Wars. And however Listen, long. Listen, feminism is destroying America. That's all I know. Uh, and I, I'm glad that there are advocates and, and people out there speaking out against it. Um, and whether or yeah, not but, it's clickbaity or no, or but I mean, well, but the, I guess my larger point is not that they're they're out there against it, but I think if you are a fucking dumb mongoloid about it like you actually do your message a disservice but but how i mean like listen no because if you if you just if you just culture if you just reactionary disagree with things and kind of conflate things and make bad arguments you just make your side of the equation look bad that's all that's all i'm saying yeah but they're just the other extreme that's why they exist I'm not saying i agree with everything they say or they do but if you can't sit there and say that get woke go broke is a is not a thing that's actually happening today, and that it is because of people like this that are act, maybe they're conflating or not. But that's the power of, of uh, you know what we have in this this country. We can all voice our opinion, and must I know? But like the way they're doing it is effective because they're getting yeah. But that's just like saying like garbage reality TV gets watched. It's more than anything else. It's effective, but that does not mean it is like a cultural good. It doesn't, doesn't have to be. It. Sh- it what are you talking about? But it doesn't have to be. These things, yeah, but these things actually hold sway in your life and people's lives because Ooh. they take Ooh. they they take these mindsets and they apply them to other things. It doesn't yeah, just stop. Like, it doesn't just stop there. I don't know. I just disagree. Uh, I think it's good. About, I think they're I think they're good. I think they're very good. And then the reason why I think they're good is because yeah, sometimes they're full of shit. Maybe their arguments aren't that great, but the bigger picture is is still there. For a lot of them, and and they, they're. I don't think they're doing a disservice. I mean, but, are you referring to someone like the quartering? I know you want that Doomcock money. I know but like, that. no. But are you referring to someone like the quartering or uh, the, the quartering, geeks and gamers? Uh, geeks and, and gamers is probably the worst. Uh, Doomcock, at least he does a stupid voice, so I'm like, I kind of like he's a character a little bit. Uh, Jeremy from the quartering is, uh, he is in the middle somewhere. Uh, he oftentimes takes these very literalist approaches to things that he reads and people say just to be opportunistic. Um, and, yeah, then, but, and it's all drama shit with those people. They all hate, they're all infighting. They all hate each other. Yeah, but that's good. Like, let it happen. Let it, let that side of the, the, the internet do its thing. And it's the same thing with the left. But at the end of the day, what's going to come out is what makes money. No, but I think that's what I, I'm saying. I think, uh, though, I'm just saying for the, the hearts and minds of people. 
I think the both extremes are a negative thing. I understand that they're going to exist anyways. I'm not saying that they're not going to exist where people can't express themselves or they want to express themselves. But I do think in a g- larger cultural context, they do a disservice to people because they teach people that it's okay to argue in bad faith, that it's okay to have bad opinions as long as you feel like it's the right thing. And bad opinions on what, though? Anything. What these, what, on what? What do they have a bad opinion about? Any of these guys. What do you I don't really watch them that much, but... If you make bad faith arguments... What? No, but give me an I, example. I, I'm not going to get into specifics. I don't know specific. I haven't written these things down. I mean, like, you know what I'm talking about when they blow things out of proportion and go way over the top. I mean, come on. But the, what are you talking about? But no, I don't. Just like, just like when I read, like, a... a, a social justice uh purple-haired uh horror movie critic or whatever and she goes way crazy on the other side right I think that's a bad thing too like but I it's not bad think it matters i think it is a bad thing because it teaches people to double down on the stupid shit no but it, it doesn't i don't see those i don't get that i don't think that's how it is like they for all, most they, people they literally they, all are, get in line the... and try to create narratives about about stuff. I mean, that's just yeah. And it's the same thing with men's rights activists and feminists. It's like, so should they not exist? Should they I just because they I might never, be setting up bad precedents? Or are they just fighting for their side? And, yeah, but and, who's? But like, if there's what's a bad faith argument that I haven't heard anything necessarily? Because I, if I've seen anything, is that these guys like Young Ye? Well, he's not necessarily one of those types of people, but they they have they have real significance as far as gaming culture and all these uh, uh, film culture and television, whatever, just entertainment culture. Yeon is, is not like that, though. He's a very like, kind Yong of straightforward. Yeah. Oh, it's, he, it says Yang Ye on his channel, and then he pronounces it Yeong here. I got I got told this years ago because okay. I did a video um, on about it. But there's, there's enough to sit there and go, they move the needle. They move the needle as far as I don't take everything they say to heart or seriously, and I don't think a lot of people do. You are uh, you are going there for entertainment purposes only. Most people are not going to get information, like actual true information. I can watch something and then digest it myself. Yeah, but that's your like you're not speaking for the like the general public. The I don't think I don't think that's fair. I don't think are... that's fair to generalize and say that that's the way it is. I think that's a, it's do you can see it just by their popularity. What their popularity? They got like it, fucking few hundred thousand subscribers. They most of these uh, some of these people are reaching almost a million subs. What are you Who talking cares? about? Their videos get half a million views each, and these are dudes yeah. in their basements. Yes, yeah, sick. Good no, for them. I I understand that, but that is popular because we're talking about niche things. So within a niche subculture, that's very that's but those numbers just, are big. It's very incest- incestuous. Like the whole, all their fans probably like love watching all the same they shit. Yeah, I'm subscribed do. to all of them, and yeah. I don't even watch them that often. But so that's I was the same like, half I like million so- people. Sometimes I like shit watching shit post videos. I'm like, you know what, dude? I'm gonna watch a shit post video about fucking the new Harley Quinn movie because I feel like hating on Harley Quinn right now. I feel like I want to hear the bad stuff. You know, I want to hear it. Reinforce confirmation bias. That's your goal. Um, 
What's the ghoul coming out, dude? But there's, there's, the I, I just, I, I would sit there and say, well, hey, you know what, dude? They're out there. They're making money. They're contributing to society and culture. And it doesn't yeah. matter whether or not you think it's in the right way or the good way or what's good or bad. Yeah, but the culture is that they exist and that's I, good. Yeah, but you're, that's not an argument for anything. I'm just saying that I disagree with their style of commentary. That's it. Like and I can have oh yeah you can disagree no I, I can have the opinion that I do think in a broad sense it is culturally negative because of what it reinforces in people and it teaches them well what does it reinforce people, you're not making a good argument for what it reinforces people making bad faith arguments being emotionally driven uh, shifting perspectives on things not like being completely honest about it whether intentionally or not intentionally but that, so just, and that's the thing I don't creates, understand. Just I, creates I, people that are kind of slightly have uh, weird dishonesty about them. I, I'm all. not saying that they don't. I but don't I, know. I just can't think of a time when I've ever seen that. Well, like, like as uh, far as them being dishonest uh, on the them. other on the other side of the equation. So they made a remake of the slasher movie Black Christmas. Right. Came out hol- or Christmas time. It bombed. Okay. Uh, but there's a whole cabal of uh, film critics. Right. That everybody hated the movie at first. Everybody agreed it was stupid. It was bad, and then one or two, uh, you know, uh, critics in their early twenties, two girls, basically said, in summation, that they wrote articles saying that this movie would have been really important to me when I was like fourteen. So we should yeah. give it a pass, and we should actually try to change our reviews and get the movie. So and we try worked. to get people to see the theater. It got people to change the conversation. It didn't get mm-hmm. people into the theater because, like you said, like at the end of the day, people are going to go see what they want to see or right. whatever something seems attractive to them or not. And uh, but what I'm saying is, but it infected the whole conversation. And you and if you said you thought the movie was bad, suddenly people are getting called sexist and misogynists and rape apologists for not liking Black Christmas. There's a guy who's a fan. I know you're not going to know who he is, but his name is Joe Bob Briggs. Or that's his kind of stage handle. And he's like a famous dude in the genre community. He's been a writer since the 70s. Have you ever seen the movie Casino? Yeah. You remember the dumb guy that he fires that's like the floor manager? Yeah. That's Joe Bob Briggs. But he's like, so he's like kind of just a staple in the genre of filmmaking and stuff like that as a critic and also as a participant. And uh, he got pilloried by like his own peers mm-hmm. for just thinking the movie was bad. He, and he had the opinion that when the director said this is a feminist movie, he's like, why say it? Like, if the movie is that, just let people go see the movie. The subtext will speak for itself. If you're trying to sell your movie that way, it's that's a bad idea. And he okay. got pilloried for it because these people had shifted the conversation in the interim. Okay, so, so, just, so but how is that not good? What's not good? That's that, great. That, that happened. That's why fantastic. Is, why is that good? Because you know about it. You have a conversation about it now that changes your perspective on the views of the far left or no, whatever those people no, are. Complaining. I, I would have had that I, opinion whether or not they pilloried somebody for okay, it. Okay, but then, then what's the point? Then you're so, not. But, no, but it doesn't they, matter, Sean. They should be able to go. They are not doing anything terrible. They're not doing anything terrible by saying that shit. Changing, moving the needle. That's what their. That's what their job is. And I'm allowed to have the opinion that I think that's bad. I think it's a bad thing for film culture in general, art culture in general, because it's making yeah. people dictate how they make art based on what these like little fucking assholes with their type I, keyboards are going to do. It I think it's sucks, always dude. been that way, dude. Like, uh, what are you talking? It's always what? been that way. How? Okay, 1980s. Do you think it was sure. that way? The 90s. Do you think well, it was what, that what way? We're talking about as far as as far as what? 
as far as as far as feminism those types of things or like the way the way that that the society of or the people that reviewed movies didn't have impacts on the movies and how it was viewed it's always i completely disagree because people would not go see a movie based off of a recommendation from a review critic yes they did and i do i i would do that too and so they they shift the that's what they, I'm not saying that they haven't always been able to shift the needle one way or the other. What I'm saying is uh, it used to be a lot more honest, and they would review a movie on its own merits rather than what they wanted it to be. Maybe. That is a difference of culture. That is a difference of perspective that has happened in the past, I would say, 10 years. Okay, but like, that's not, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That I think mean, it's a bad thing. It's that's not a bad thing because then you have all the people who are still reviewing the movie the right way. Those people can't get jobs in those industries because they because the, it's nepotism, it's incestuous. The, all these people know each other. They all live in like three cities, and they don't keep, go they see literally, the movie. It won't matter. I'm not talking about people who see them. I'm talking about critics. Yeah, and, but that's what I'm saying. Then, like, if you if someone can create someone like the quartering or these other guys create that environment where they have almost a million subscribers or whatever, where they can go out and give their honest opinion of the movie of how they feel. Sure. Or, or you have like Joe Blow video, you know, guy guy. Like he gives, I feel like really like on YouTube, I think a lot of people watch yeah. his views Not because they're the same yeah sure but that's my point is that it still has reach there are still people out there that yeah maybe you're not working for the new york times or any of those fucking bullshit fucking newspapers that no one reads anymore that no one truly gives a shit they only listen to each other and when you go on rotten tomatoes and you see a critic score of fucking 50 and then a fucking audience score of 99 Kind of like with uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, didn't matter. It yeah, didn't but that's, affect anything. But even that's kind of doesn't matter because it's fucking people are just going to go and give it a positive review just to do it because they feel like they have to, whether they actually like it or not. So, they, so it doesn't so really matter. So it's good because then people can't trust either side, can't trust it. You have to go experience it for yourself. Yeah, but you that's have not have to go out there. But that's not the narrative that's pushed, even by that dichotomy. And you just. You just said that. I mean, you just brought that up because you were trying to say that audiences will support and gravitate towards the ones they things they want, regardless of what critics say. But if right. the audience, but if that if that rating is actually not a real reflection, then what does it matter? And people, well, don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that every. I'm you're being too general. I'm just saying I sometimes will look at a reviews for movies and go, hey, that looks like an interesting movie. I should maybe check it out. It seems like it's got really good audience score. It's got a super high, you know, uh, like I've watched movies based off like that. Yeah, I'm got nothing to watch. I'll check it out. Or, you know, go vice versa. I, I, there's this maybe some guy on the Internet talking about how he loved this movie. And I'm like, well, you know, he recommended that movie I liked last time. I just think that's how people work. I think it's the sure. extremes on either side that are the ones getting worked up. And yeah, that's but, good. But those are good for culture because those people – We'll attack each other, and everybody else in the middle can go fucking enjoy a movie and not worry about it. I think like, that it slowly erodes things over time. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't change things overnight. It just is a way of like accepting a point of view and shifting what is normal or acceptable or what people expect from something. And that happens over time. It doesn't happen right away. It takes. It could be 20 years from now. Hold on. Hold on a second. This might be the VA. Hold on. Hello? Hello? This is Bernie Sanders. 
Okay. I need you, you um, one more time. No, I'm not suggesting that uh, they shouldn't exist or they don't have the right to do what they do. I wish it wasn't so incestuous and there wasn't so much nepotism on the left side of it in terms of the mainstream culture critics because uh, it's just no, there's no diversity of opinion. Everybody mostly gets in line and just agrees with each other. It's annoying. As a person that not necessarily cares as much anymore, but I do. I love that stuff. I enjoy it. Like I am a movie fan. I am a fan of good movie criticism. So yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy that stuff. That's why I do this podcast. Like, I mean, I, 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 like I can. That. I mean, we can we can sit there all day and say that you know before it was violence and it was uh, before it was about feminism and our these anti-violence people just like with Quentin Tarantino and being brought on TV and this woman tries to bring him down right or whatever but you can go to the critics that you enjoy that you i only look at like maybe two critics i got i personally like i actually enjoy their critiques of movies so i mean that this it just comes down to what you buy into if I no one if no one's with you if no you one's think, buying do you think, into do you think that most people are like smart yes I think, I i think you give you give way more you got to have way more uh belief in people that aren't going to go spend their hard-earned money just because the left tells them to or the right or whoever no or the, the, these ideologies that. i don't think most people work like that because if that was true then most people would have went and saw fucking harley quinn it would have fucking made hundred million dollars well the harley quinn thing has nothing to do with it has to do with brand recognition and maybe that the uh, harley quinn movie might she might not actually be as popular as people thought she was that's there all. we go. Like okay, but like that doesn't mean that the narrative won't be spun by the left that this is, uh, you know, done because sure. of men or whatever. Sure, and then it and becomes it becomes ins uh, insidious because it's kind of like the wage gap thing, just won't go away because why? Because people in certain circles that like control the narratives keep bringing it up, keep saying that it exists in the way that they say it does. And, and I that's, hope, but that's it, the same. But that, uh, that's what I'm just saying. It is just the same way of just misinforming people and making people feel buying well, into bad well, faith when, arguments. When when you are giving your opinion, and it's not fact, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but people don't. When they read things, they there's an assumed authority, and that's because right. people just happen to, I don't know, they just believe whatever they read. People are kind of gullible. But they've always been that way. I'm not suggesting that they aren't. That's why I'm saying it's kind of, kind of a. I mean, I was kind of exact, being hyperbolic when I said that well, most people are stupid. What I'm saying is most people just aren't gonna question it. They're just gonna be or, okay. Or that must be true. Or they just don't give a shit either way, and they go watch a movie because they want to watch a movie. It's not. I'm gonna, it's it, even it, like very hyper focused on the movie thing. It's just like it is a cultural conversation because they is part of the culture, and now they have a bigger place in culture through things like because Marvel is so big. It's ebbs and flows, dude. It goes up and down. It doesn't matter. Like so? it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you stay focused on the things well, that you, you enjoy and yeah, you will watch you were, the things you enjoy. You just, it won't matter. But you made the argument for like why it's important to have the other. The, like, it the is and stuff. Okay, then why is that important if it doesn't matter? It's counterculture. You got to have those people that are not like the rest. And if they are getting popular attention, that will drive away from the the popular the popular opinion of Hollywood because they see their fucking bottom line being hurt. And it's yeah, because but you're of saying people, that people don't give a shit about that, and it doesn't matter. I'm not saying a lot of people do, but it's enough to move the needle a little bit in a direction. And when it comes to Hollywood, which one's going to be more beneficial financially for us? While well, we can see that this trend is not working. So we need to go back off on this so that and yeah they look at statistics they look at data they look yeah, but at that, uh, the, but all, that would, the subscriber that would, counts of these types of accounts and to see what 
it would happen. It would just happen regardless. I mean, I don't think it. Whether these, if you if you they disappeared all these people tomorrow, I think you would still see the same kind of box office results. To be honest with you. Well, but, and there uh, we go. And that's my point. Is like so. It's but I think it's good to have the other side, whether or not you know they both play a role on each other, and it's 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 important that. I've never seen anything necessarily from the quartering that I would say is uh, uh, untruthful or that they're like trying, they are definitely trying to lead you in one direction as far as what their, their thought process is. Um, but there's definitely nothing that I, I don't know, man. I just don't think like that when I'm watching that stuff. I'm like, Oh no, man. Like, Oh man. Like that's, I, I agree with that, you know? So I don't, well, you I just, don't, you, you just said that you watch them sometimes to have confirmation bias because you want to hear people that you find agree. Yeah. With. It's called sometimes not okay. all the time, but I go there because I want to laugh. I want to be entertained. That's why they exist. That's why they make money. It's entertaining. It's the same thing. And like, those, you, I can't, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Or I'm really not. I'm just yeah. trying to get it straight here. Like, I don't really understand what you're arguing against me on. I don't I'm not, understand. I'm not arguing against you. On, I'm saying they're good. They're good for culture. They're different perspectives, different viewpoints. More speech is always better than no, and then limited speech. Always allow those things and those ex extremes to exist. We need them to exist because then we know they're there. And a person with a thought in their head can go, I'm on YouTube. I'm going to watch this for entertainment purposes. I don't go to Tim Pool because I feel like I'm getting 100% factual information. Okay, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy his personal opinion on some things. And I will listen to him talk about certain subjects and not other subjects. And it's the same reason. Why do people go to Joe Rogan? It's not because, like, some people think he's a misogynistic right-wing pig. But he's not because you just go there and you watch and you do it for entertainment. And that's it. YouTube is entertainment. That's why it makes money. And I say it's good to have every argument under the sun yeah, but because that's what makes it happen. Do you think – I mean, I feel like just, like, saying that it's just – because it's entertainment is like this weird non-argument argument about it's like that can still have an effect on people and things. Not my fucking problem. As a no one is su suggesting as, that it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't you matter. Are, if, you're saying it's a problem. You're saying it's not I'm, good. No, I'm saying it can. Of obviously, if it makes a bunch of fucking mongoloids on either side that don't know what they're talking about and that make, like I said, bad faith arguments or like shift things in a weird way to make a point that actually doesn't exist, then I, yeah, I think that's a bad thing. Like, I think it's a bad thing. Like we were talking about once upon a time in Hollywood, people coming bad. and having the opinion that like, if you, if you don't have enough lines, that means you weren't respected. And did it affect didn't have the movie? Did it affect how many people went and saw it? Did it affect? I'm not, that's not what Probably I'm saying. Not. That's not but what I'm saying. But it doesn't matter. People Why? will go uh, there not, to get it's not about. I'm talking a much broader conversation than whether or not people go well, see I, a movie. I think, it's, I think it's a dumb conversation because I like everyone to have their opinion, and I think it's great, and I think it's excellent, and that's what we should want. We should need that. That is – you don't want to – I mean whether it's good so or you, bad. So or you're going to insult me and say that I'm being stupid, but you can't come out and say it. Well, Dan, like you're just keep saying the same thing over and over again and talking past the point. Like I mean – it's not the point that they can or can't exist. It's okay to be like, you should guard yourself against that, or maybe it's not great to only, you know, what to engage with material that way for anybody. Sure. Be smarter than that. Be better than that. Right. That's all I'm saying. I just don't think it was, I don't, I don't know. Hey, sure. Engage with what you want to engage with. That's it. 
that's just the way I view it, you know? And I think it's good to have every side heard. And I don't think it's bad. I just don't. I don't have to agree with anybody. That's just me. No, you don't have to agree with anybody. You don't. Now, that's all I've been saying. Is it's good for? Well, you for, kept saying just saying the same thing that doesn't have anything to do with what I was talking about. Like well, just for you, it doesn't have suggest, anything to do with it. No, but to for suggest me, it these things don't have like a larger, broader cultural context and a history that you can look back on and Dude, see how people have been uh, like shift because it literally of literally sounds like that sounds like white supremacy talk. That's like the same shit people say about white supremacy and white privilege or, what? or male white privilege. Yes. It's the same concept. Talk. Like look through the history, look about how all this stuff, like, no, listen to just that media does yeah. not have an effect on culture at large. I never said it does or doesn't. I never said it does or doesn't. I'm saying let people choose and people, I don't think are stupid enough to sit there and go watch a video, your majority of people and automatically think that way. And if they do, they do. But I don't think most people are like that. Unfortunately, I would hope not anyway. You don't think people can get into a vacuum of thought because they just watch the same yes. things over and over again. Absolutely. And it affects how they go about their daily lives and how they but interact, communicate with other that's, people. That's their choice. I can advocate for a better way to do that or to say that I don't think that's a good thing. No, I'm, I never, but that's not what you're advocating for, in that's, my opinion. That's not, that's not well, the way you made it sound anyway. Well, in your opinion, what is my argument? No, that was what I was trying to get clear. You were saying that they're not good for culture. I do, I do think they're, uh, ne they have a negative cultural influence, yes. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's negative. All sides, even if there is some negative reactions that come from that side, it's all positive because everyone is getting their voice heard. I don't have to agree with every statement that is said. Or for me, I just I want to hear it. I want to hear what they say. I want to hear their opinions. I think it's good. And if that is a creates an echo chamber because that's all they do, that's their problem. That's not mine. You know. Again, not talking about a person on an individual level. Like it's just, it's not what I'm talking about. But well, I guess I guess can, I just don't can ag I agree just, to disagree. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We don't have to agree. Well, that was fun. Thanks for uh, listening, oh, yeah. everybody. Um, that was a good, interesting conversation. And I guess we can let the audience uh, see if they have any thoughts. Have you guys got any thoughts and opinions on the conversation we had, or about the movie, or whatever? Just throw some. Uh, comments down uh, below below right. the video we're, we're video people now we're real youtubers we're like basically just like just the people we were talking about yeah and uh yeah so thanks for listening everybody make sure to check us out on facebook at zoobox podcast uh, also on instagram youtube or on youtube if you're listening to the audio side of this uh thank you i appreciate it if you listen to it on itunes why don't you give us drop us a review tell the people mm -hmm. Give us five stars. Tell people that you love us. Absolutely. I'd appreciate it. I would very much appreciate it. Okay, everybody. Signing off. Bye.